China's Congress recently passed the Personal Information Protection Law, a piece of legislation that will certainly impact how foreign and Chinese companies collect, use, and transfer personal information. To get a rundown on what companies need to know about the law and how it will be implemented, we are on the line this week with Hannah Feldshu, who is a Business Advisory Services Manager for USCBC in Beijing. From the U.S.-China Business Council in Washington, D.C., I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this is a special bonus episode of the China Business Minute. Hannah Feldshu is a Business Advisory Services Manager for USCBC in Beijing. Hannah, thanks for taking some time to chat. Thanks for having me. All right, so what do people need to know about the Personal Information Protection Law? On August 20th, China's National People's Congress passed the Personal Information Protection Law, which will enter into force on November 1st, 2021. China's worked for years to articulate standards around cybersecurity, data security, and privacy. Now, alongside the cybersecurity law and the soon-to-be-implemented data security law, PIPL will form a third pillar of China's increasingly complex cyber and data regime, which has direct impacts on both domestic and foreign businesses. Now, PIPL specifically articulates a mechanism for the use, collection, and transfer of personal information and is based on the landmark European Union's General Data Protection Regulation, uh, EU GDPR. And so what does the law itself mean for businesses? PIPL will regulate how businesses treat personal information at every step of their operations, relying on China's constitution to provide legal justification for its principles and penalties. Regarding collection, PIPL enshrines user consent as the primary mechanism for collecting personal information. Now, as with previous drafts, the final version adopts a consent-based model. This means that for a full range of information, including information that's designated as sensitive, which includes biometric, medical, financial, or location data, users have to agree prior to businesses collecting that information. Now, as USCBC has noted before in previous calls for comments on PIPL, consent-based collection can pose a range of problems to businesses along every step of normal business operations and doesn't take into account other legal standards articulated within international frameworks. This includes collecting personal information on grounds of what's called legitimate interests, meaning processes besides user consent that might require a business to have certain types of information. Now, this includes due diligence, legal claims, investigating personal references, uh, security reviews, as well as processing business contact information. A consent-based approach could be problematic because businesses increasingly rely on use of personal information um, as a core piece of, of their data strategy and at every stage of a product or service lifecycle. The transfer mechanisms within PIPL are another concern for businesses. PIPL allows for cross-border data transfer of personal information overseas, but requires that businesses comply with a standard contract that will be proposed and supervised by the Cyberspace Administration of China. Details are still unclear as to what exactly this contract might look like, and raises concern that businesses might be suddenly asked to provide new contracts to all third-party vendors or business partners. For businesses with complex operations across markets, this tends to be time-consuming and potentially quite expensive. PAPL also dictates how businesses use personal information, particularly with regards to online marketing. PIPL prohibits use of automated decision-making to market to users based on their personal profile and without providing an opt-out mechanism. This, of course, will impact how businesses across sectors approach their advertising strategy and mandates additional infrastructure digitally to allow uh, consumers greater choice around the type of marketing they, they receive. 
when can people expect the personal information protection law to be implemented then? And, and what kind of concerns remain around it? So PIPL is set to be implemented on November 1st of this year. And of course, in advance of that, businesses are working to assess what their operational and compliance concerns might be, and where are some areas where they might need to change their standard business practices. Among those areas of concern, cross-border data transfers and limitations to those, as well as additional requirements for data localization, are among the primary concerns. As I mentioned regarding cross-border data transfers, the personal information protection law will require negotiation of a standard contract with any third-party vendor or business partner when sending personal information from China overseas. Now, that's going to be a huge time concern and also costly, um, and, but more importantly, the, the details around what that might look like are still unclear, so businesses are not sure what to expect. Additionally, data localization requirements within the final draft of PIPL have substantially expanded. Within previous drafts, only critical information infrastructure operators, CIIOs, so businesses that have the most sensitive personal information and data that they're collecting, using, and processing, were required uh, to localize their data. Under the current draft and final version, all processors that have an unspecified amount of personal information must adhere to these restrictions. Now, that obviously creates concerns for businesses that haven't localized their data, potentially imposing large compliance costs to then have to move data centers or relocate personal information to China-based servers. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about what this means for businesses, but what does the law mean for consumers? PIPL also contains various elements that talks about how you treat personal information for special groups, the two principal ones being deceased persons and minors. So now, under the final version of PIPL, close relatives of deceased persons are empowered to request that processors check, copy, correct, and delete personal information of a deceased individual. They may also request that that personal information is transferred to a processor of their choice, so long as the CIC has approved that processor. Now, for minors, the personal information of anyone younger than 14 has now been classified as sensitive personal information and will be subject to stricter compliance requirements, including uh, some of the restrictions on data localization and cross-border data transfer referenced above. Now, both of these principles, I suppose, may seem simple in, in principle, but in practice, it's unclear how uh, that will play out in terms of operational changes for businesses and will likely require further guidance to get fully off the ground. So what should businesses be expecting to do to prepare for the implementation of this law? Well, between the personal information protection law and the data security law, China's cyber regime is going to continue to grow and expand uh, for the foreseeable future. First up, we have the data security law on September 1st, followed by implementation of the personal information protection law on November 1st. Now, with both of these landmark pieces of legislation, it's not necessarily that businesses should expect that exactly day of implementation, regulators will expect 100% in compliance, but they should expect that following this period, there will be additional measures and guiding regulations that dictate both to businesses and to regulators how these laws will play out in practice. This means that businesses need to remain vigilant and follow very closely new information as well as uh, new regulatory direction around both of these laws. But it also means complying with a few best practices that we've heard from our member companies. The first is making sure that you're investing in the right people. So some, having somebody in China on the ground who has a few different qualities, 
One is obviously understanding and at a more deep level, what exactly China's landscape around data and privacy entails. But the second is around their capacity to communicate. Uh, what we've been hearing is that it's really important to have somebody who both understands these issues, but then also is able to be a bridge between headquarters and China offices so that everyone is on the same page around what are compliance risks and how that should impact business strategy. In addition, empowering China-based teams to be able to respond quickly to regulatory direction seems to be increasingly important. As we've seen through cases like Didi or through the CAC's ongoing app crackdown, regulators are getting increasingly swift with their action and having businesses, whether they're domestic or foreign, being able to respond quickly and without having lag time to need to check with, with headquarters or whatever the case may be, is important in making sure that, that businesses are nimble and able to be able to engage proactively with issues related to privacy and data security. I mean, the real re reality is that these issues are not going to go away and that eventually there will be greater clarity on exactly what compliance looks like, but that we should expect in the interim that it's going to be messy and it's going to be a process of trial and error to a certain extent, but certainly a process that requires ongoing communication and monitoring. All right, Hannah, thanks very much for the roundup. Thanks, Ian. Again, Hannah Feldshu is a business advisory services manager for the U.S.-China Business Council in Beijing. The China Business Minute is a production of the U.S.-China Business Council. You can always learn more about the work that we do on our website, uschina.org. If you like the show, please leave a rating and a review as it will help other people find it, or you can send it directly to your colleagues. As always, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back soon.